she's from Russia and has like this really thick Russian accent and <laughs> she didn't have a headlamp on or anything. And we turned the corner and I was like already kind of starting to get like sleepy. We're like running down the road and I just hear her voice in the dark. It was like, Annie, you have to run. And <laughs> I was like, <laughs> 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 are you sure she was, she was like, really right there? there yeah are you sure she was there are you yeah, sure she was really there or were you hallucinating <laughs> welcome to the gotta run racing podcast with your hosts norman and jody discover the inspiring stories of the average and not so average runners and they're off and we're back <laughs> <laughs> been a while it's been a while yes but it's been busy it's not like we were just you know lazing around well you had your you went away for three weeks for the uh, monarch relay i sure did and how was that it was awesome we had a great time three weeks on the road there was a team of four in an rv <laughs> and we had amazing runners from all the way from peterborough down to lake ontario Across Lake Ontario over to Lake Erie, which I absolutely love. There's so many places along Lake Erie that I definitely want to go back to. All the port towns are amazing. And then we headed over to Windsor and Leamington and Point Pelee. Wow. And then back up through London to Barrie three weeks later. So it was 1,800 kilometers. And we had about 60 runners. 60 runners. Wow. All in the name of Monarch Butterflies. It was pretty, pretty awesome. you raised... We raised over $10,000 for Camp Kawartha That's right. through the virtual, which is still available. If you want to check out our virtual, we'll send you a beautiful medal and a and a neck gaiter. Yeah, because the Monarch Relay is over, but the Monarch Butterfly is still migrating. That's right. So, They're still on their way to Mexico. So our virtual is still happening. Yeah, yes. exactly. And uh, guess what? What's that? I met... A fan of our podcast. You met our only fan? Our only fan. Shout out to Adriana. She was one of the runners on uh, the day that we were in Point Pelee, which really was one of the highlights of the entire relay. If you haven't been to Point Pelee, you got to get there. But the first thing she said to me was, hey, Shark Runner, where's Ultra Norm? And I was like, what? <laughs> it was so awesome. When you told me that, I was like, wait a minute. Someone's actually listening to this? <laughs> Because our own mothers don't listen that's to this. That's right. That's right. To this podcast. So thank you, thank you, Adriana, because you really made my day. <laughs> and <one>, arms. <laughs> our one fan. Our one fan. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and, and what else is going on? Well, our all of our other events are, are virtual now because the season's over. Mm-hmm. But so they're all kicking out. Just check out gotterunracing.com to see what's up there. Yeah, and. The season may be over for running, but it's still on for us in terms of planning and making some adjustments for next year. So we're excited to have an announcement about that at some point in Ab the future. Absolutely. Yeah. And who's on today's podcast? Well, <laughs> indeed, uh, Annie Hughes. Who's now, Annie Hughes? If you haven't heard of Annie Hughes, get your head out of the sand <laughs> yeah. because she's had one epic year. She's an up-and-comer ultra runner. 23 years old. From Leadville. Living in Leadville. Well, living, living in Leadville yep. now. Yeah. And not only did she win Leadville 100 this year. Being the youngest person to do so. Youngest lady, yes. Mm -hmm. 
But she followed it up with a, a win at Moab 240 in October. Six weeks later. That's right. Said, hey, why not? Let's just throw it in there. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see what she has to say. Can't wait to hear what Annie has to say about this epic year coming up. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Have you already been out for a run this morning? Oh, I was going to actually go to the group run, but um, it starts at 6.30 <laughs> and it snowed. So I think I'm going to do it after the podcast. <laughs> it's snowing there already. Yeah, we actually have a lot of snow. Um, yeah, we got a few inches last night. <laughs> oh, wow. And what's the temperature right now? Um, It's like below freezing. So <laughs> Wow. I was like, if I can i think i'm gonna run a little later when it's warmer <laughs> absolutely why why go in the freezing temperatures unless you have to right <laughs> yeah <laughs> we get that we're in canada so we totally understand <laughs> so obviously you've had a very successful year in trail racing you started out in may with a out white outright win at the collegiate peaks trail run and you followed that up with Another uh, major coup at the Leadville Trail 100. Just a small race. Just a little one in your in your now hometown. And then only a sh short few weeks ago, the Moab 240. So that's quite the progression in a very short period of time. So congratulations, first of all. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> but before we... Before we get into the details of um, of Leadville and Moab, let's go back to the beginning. We know that you started running in high school. You did cross country in high school, and and then you ran for your team in university. So I'm curious at Adams State. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Adams State. Adams State. So did you attend Adams State based on their? Um, school team or did you go based on the study that you were you had chosen based on the team actually i really wanted to go to cu boulder and i would have just been a walk on there and uh, my teammate in high school her dad ran for adam state and he just came up to me at one of the meets and was like i know you're i heard you're really set on boulder but if you if you haven't heard of adam state like i ran for them and they have a really great tradition i'm sure they would love to have you on the team I was like, okay, I'll, I'll email the coach as like a backup <laughs> sort of thing. And I emailed him and he got back to me in like 10 minutes. <laughs> Whereas like the CU coach would like take like weeks to get back to me. <laughs> oh my gosh, Annie, we've been trying to get a hold of you. Like you've had a great season. Um, we'd love for you to come visit. So I went and visited and just ran with the team one day and he offered me a scholarship. So I was like, uh, <laughs> I go see you and be a walk on or I could like get a scholarship at Adams and they have a really great program. Yeah. I decided to go there and right. didn't last super long. I was really intense about it and into it my freshman year. And then my sophomore year, I kind of discovered the mountains and was also just getting really burned out and cross country mm -hmm. and track. And that's kind of when I made the switch to ultras and trail running. Right. What were you studying at Adams State? I was studying business. Oh, okay. uh, so I did that for two years and yeah, I kept the same major that I was planning on. Like I wanted to study business at CU too. So that stayed the same, but um, yeah. <laughs> what was your distance at school? Yeah, I, I always wanted to run ultras. Like since I started running in sixth grade, I was just, always, I was always really inspired by it. And 
I always just would run the longest distance that I could in track middle school. That was a mile. And then in high school it was a two mile and like no one else on my team wanted to do two miles. So they're always like, oh, I can't believe you do the two mile. <laughs> and looking back on that, it's like a sprint. <laughs> but yeah, that was considered like long distance. And then I was really excited for college because I was wanted to run the 10K. because that was like the longest distance they had on, on the track. I was really excited for that. And I ended up quitting the team um, right after my sophomore year cross country season. So I never actually got a chance to run the 10K. <laughs> But I, I always thought I'd go through the traditional, like run through college, then and run like the longest distances, like 5K, 10K, and then move up to half marathons and marathons and then move up to ultras. But yeah, I just, I got really excited about the mountains and I was just like, I don't really have a desire to run a marathon because <laughs> there would be like my college training on steroids mm. oh, <laughs> um, <man. laughs> and like the road marathons, I feel like are just so intense. Yeah, that's kind of how I was like, I think I should just, I don't know what I'm waiting for. I might as well just jump into running ultras. <laughs> so you knew you had the ultra bug this whole time and then you decided to do the collegiate peaks run. Is that, is that right? Yes. That was your first ultra? Official? Oh, my first ultra. Oh, so I ran, um, my first hundred miler was in 2020. There was a race that they were able to hold called Bryce Canyon. 100. Oh. And so that was my first hundred miler. And then I had done a couple fifties in 2019. So my first ultra was a 55 K in Moab in 2019. And that was in February. I quit the team in October. So it was pretty soon after quitting the team. And then I did the silver rush 50, which is part of the Leadville race series and oh. got a gold coin, which is like an automatic entry into the hundred. So oh, okay. that's kind of how I was like, got and then it got moved to 2021 but I think I don't think I would have won if it had been in 2020 because it would have been my first hundred and I think just having a couple or I had a few hundreds under my belt before I did Leadville this year so right. I think that really helped me. Did you have a coach right away when you decided to transition or did you kind of get some advice and figure out how to do the training on your own? So the first year um, I did ultras I was just coaching myself basically, but I didn't race a ton. I just did two 50 milers and that 55 K I was really into climbing the, so there's 58, 14,000 foot peaks in Colorado. <laughs> I kind of made it a goal to climb all 58 of them. <laughs> so I was doing that my first year and just like hiking. I wasn't really running that much. And then I did a couple of those 50 milers, but, and then 2020, I was kind of like getting more into it, but races weren't happening. So mm -hmm. I was kind of just doing my own little adventures. Like I did 160 mile FKT or fastest known time route on one of the trails here. It was kind of fun to experiment with distances in 2020. And then I feel like 2021 this year was like my first actual season um, right. where I just really put everything into ultra running. So at your first um, ultra, was there anything that surprised you that was so different from what you had already experienced in track or road racing? Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I, I was really just burned out in like the intense atmosphere and like, just, it's so competitive <laughs> track. <laughs> Yeah, I was really burned out competing. I was like, I don't think I'll ever run a race again. Like, I just mm -hmm. kind of want to enjoy the mountains and like run my own. I wanted to run ultras, but I thought I'd just kind of like do my own thing and like wouldn't be competitive with it. 
I didn't think I had ever like run a race again. <laughs> and then a couple of friends recommended that 55k in Moab. They said it's a really fun race and I'd never been to Moab before and like always wanted to go. So I thought it would be a good excuse <laughs> to see Moab. <laughs> yeah, I did that race and the atmosphere was just so chill. Like everyone was so nice, like and talkative and it just didn't feel like that really intense. Like a meat, <laughs> like a meat um, yeah. So and no pressure yeah. <laughs> and no pressure because no one yeah, knew no who pressure. you were. So it wasn't like you were representing yeah. anyone other than yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah. And what a way. Yeah, to and I had a lot of fun just exploring those trails and like testing out a new distance. And right after that, I was like, I want to try 50 miler. <laughs> so yeah, what? I feel like I've just been kind of moving up. Like after I did the 50, I was like, I got to try a hundred. And like, then it's 200. <laughs> Wow. So. Well, I always say that's the best way to see a place is to run it. So if you want to enjoy right. Utah, go run 50 miles and you'll see, <laughs> you'll see 50 miles of Utah. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's awesome. an amazing way to experience an area until it's, you're running through the night. Then it's like, okay, what are we <laughs> yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that. Yeah. You, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. How did you pace yourself in that very first race? Did you, find yourself going out a little too quick or what was your strategy? Did you just say, I'm just going to hang back and see what happens? Yeah, I think I, I hung back for the first part because I just didn't really know how I would feel later since I'd never run that far before. And yeah, I guess I remember like making some friends and just kind of running with a couple of people for a long time or like a good portion of the race. And there was one guy, cause there were some sections of slick rock where it was kind of hard to find the route. And I remember like working together with him a lot, like, oh, I see a marker over here. And he'd be like, oh, I see one over here. <laughs> so we were kind of helping each other like through that section. I remember him saying like, I think you're in the top, like you're probably in the top for women. And I was like, oh, really? I said, yeah, because you're on this pace to run this time. And that's usually the time that gets in like the top five or so. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> and yeah, I ended up finishing fifth. <laughs> nice. Um, so that was kind of cool for me. And then my uh, next ultra was a 50 miler in New Mexico and I ended up winning that. So it's kind of what made me think, oh, maybe I'm better at like the longer <laughs> distances. <laughs> and do you find that uh, it's more of an even playing field now running with the men? It's kind of like you can beat men outright as well in ultra running. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. I think especially <laughs> like more so in like the 200 plus mile distance. I feel like that's where it really evens out, but it's cool. Like it'll never be equal, but yeah, <laughs> it's definitely enough. like the gap is close. Yeah. <laughs> closer. <laughs> it's probably one of the very few sports where it is that case where men and women can <laughs> be, true. can be pretty close to uh, yep. the same speed, which is awesome. Mm. So you've, yeah. moved, you've moved to Leadville, which is obviously becoming quite the, uh, the ultra runner hub. Why and when did you move there? I moved there the year after I quit the team because I was like, I'm not on the on state team. I don't really have to be here. <laughs> I there's a small college in Leadville called Colorado Mountain College. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was really into hiking those 14ers and um like all those mountains here in Colorado. And I was like, Oh, it'd be cool to be a mountain guide or have like some kind of job mm -hmm. that involves outdoors. And the school here at Colorado Mountain College has uh, this outdoor leadership degree. And so it's really cool to go on all these outdoor trips and 
you get like your woofer um, or wilderness mm. certification. Right. <laughs> um, forgot what it stands for actually. <laughs> <laughs> you get, <laughs> yeah, you get all these like certifications. It prepares you really well to go into the guiding world after college. So I was thinking about doing that, but it's just a two-year degree. So I still mm. wanted to finish my business degree. And so I was doing that online and then also doing the outdoor leadership program at Colorado Mountain College. And that was just really hard to balance that because I'd be gone for like a week with no service on these trips and like literally couldn't do my online work. So I figured out pretty quickly that that wasn't going <laughs> to work very well. So I dropped the business and just worked on the outdoor leadership for a year. Just been like really busy with running this year. So I took the semester off, but I, I'm going to go back and just finish my business online and then mm. yeah maybe come back to the after leadership <laughs> but yeah I'm really and I was just drawn to Leadville because you know I knew that Leadville 100 was here and there's probably going to be a really awesome ultra running community so which there is so Obviously, yes <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I moved here that's really awesome <laughs> you. yeah and I don't like I'm really glad I got the experience of running in college, um, I think I would have regretted like if I'd never, yeah, now since I found trail running and ultra running, I'm like, I haven't missed running in college once. <laughs> right. So it's definitely been a good decision for me. <laughs> so what was it like showing up to a group run uh, one day and, and there's Courtney DeWalter coming out to, to do the run with you guys? Like, what did that feel like? Obviously, she must have been an inspiration to you before you got there. So now she's a neighbor. So yeah. what was that like? Yeah. <laughs> you guys are living down the street from each other? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, she's just been a huge inspiration to me. Like, before I even started ultra running, like, I, she was one of the first people I heard about, actually, when she did the Moab 240 and beat all the men by eight hours. And she only slept for one minute the whole entire time. <laughs> and I was just amazed. Like, I never heard of a race like that. And for a woman to perform like that I was just like blown away <laughs> and so that's when I kind of started following her yeah one day she just like shows up to the group front I'm like oh my gosh it was Courtney DeWalter <laughs> it was crazy did you talk but to her just so, did you, that day did yeah. you talk to her good for you <laughs> yeah and she was so nice and like yeah she's really easy to talk to and yeah it's it's funny because she's just like such a like normal person <laughs> and like yeah, yeah she's, <laughs> she's all these crazy things but she's just, like, i don't know <laughs> she's so down to earth and when you talk to her it's like oh <laughs> like a normal person <laughs> yeah so let's talk leadville then um i was wondering how your training was for leadville did you break up the course and ran each section on different days to get to know it so there'd be no surprises on race day? Yeah, it was kind of funny. Like the week before the race, there were a few sections I hadn't run before, even though I live here. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was like, oh, I should probably go out and like run those sections before since they're right here. So yeah, I feel like I kind of procrastinated on that. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely like ran all the, I had run all the sections before the race. So that was really helpful. But my training, I, I put in a lot of work over the winter here in Leadville. I just like, <laughs> it, the training is kind of rough. I just run all the plowed roads here, yeah. <laughs> which was like three or four of them. <laughs> so um, yeah, my training was like 
kind of boring <laughs> this winter, but I put in a lot of miles and like built a really strong base. And then I just raced a ton this summer being on my feet for a long time. So yeah. I actually didn't put in a ton of miles as far as like training miles this summer. It was more just like race recover, race recover. <laughs> and I don't think I'll do that in future years. I, like I got away with it this year, <laughs> but I don't think that's crazy. Like, oh, oh. I think I just got really excited about that. <laughs> Oh, to be young, but, <laughs> but yes. let's, let's think strategy here as far as long-term longevity. Yes. <laughs> longevity. You don't want to yeah. be burnt out by your thirties. <laughs> hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find all that at gotterunracing.com. Did you know the monarch butterfly is the ultra runner of the insect world? Covering over 4,000 kilometers every year during their migration from Mexico to Canada. Is that what they mean when they say the butterfly effect? That was a weird movie. We've launched the Monarch Ultra Virtual 10K. You can run, walk, hike, bike, or flap your wings virtually anytime, any place. You'll receive a beautiful two-sided medal featuring a stunning monarch, as well as a custom neck gaiter, all while supporting Camp Kawartha in Peterborough. Our goal is to have 430 participants across North America, each completing 10K, representing the collective distance of the monarch's migration. Sprint to GottaRunRacing.com for more details. Now, back to the show. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So let's, let's talk about uh, the morning of race day at Leadville. How were you feeling on the start line? I felt like very like calm and I was just, I felt really ready because <laughs> okay. I was really excited to do it in 2020 and then it got canceled. So I had this mm. whole extra year to prepare and I just felt like, like extra prepared and ready to go. So, Good. and on your home yeah. turf, <laughs> which is definitely an advantage. So what part mm -hmm. of the course were you <laughs> excited about and what part of the course were you not looking forward to? If you can think back to that. Yeah, I was, probably most excited for, I mean, I think they kind of make Leadville out to be this like really tough mountainous race. And it's really not, <laughs> um, there's like one section of climbing. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny. Cause like everyone's like posting their hope pass glamour shots. It's like the one climb of the whole race. <laughs> it's like, Oh, it's a mountain race. And like, it's so intense, but yeah, it's really like, it is a hard climb. Like if you gain 3000 feet and like four miles and then you go down the other side and then back up and down. Mm -hmm. So it is like definitely a tough part of the course, especially when everything else is so runnable. You like you hit that and it's like, Oh, <laughs> this is yeah. like a different pace here. Right. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's like super runnable and fast. There's one climb. It's a, it's called the power line climb. Yep. And I can't remember exactly how long it is. Um, I think it's like four or five miles, but you gain quite a bit of vert, not nearly as much as the big climb at Hope Pass like near halfway, but still like a bunch of vert. So I would say I kind of blew up there. That was like probably the most challenging part for me, <laughs> but Hope Pass, I just, I love like mountainous courses. So I'd say that was probably the part I was lo most looking forward to and enjoyed the most. And then my least favorite part was probably just like the road section. There's like a good stretch of concrete road <laughs> right it's kind of brutal after you've been running for like 70 miles <laughs> so. norm norm's actually run leadville a couple of times 
So yep. his question. Oh, really? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so his question was about Powerline, but you pretty much answered it, I think. Well, I we had a conversation with Ryan Van Duzer. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a YouTuber. Oh, and he did cool. he did uh, Leadville the same time as you. And he, I asked him the same question. What is harder, going back up Hope or back up Powerline? <laughs> because for me, when I did it, back up Powerline was much harder. Than backup hope. So I'm, I was asking. Yeah. You so would you say that? Would you agree with that? Backup power line is harder than backup yes. hope. Yeah, much harder. Because yeah, I feel like hope. Like when you go backup hope, you're already in that climbing mode. Like you, yeah. you're and you're focused on that. Like you kind of know it's coming. And then for power line, it's like you just have this really long, runnable, like down slightly downhill section. And then you get to power lines, just like <laughs> slap in the face. <laughs> and you're also so much tired by then. Mm. to get mm -hmm. your yeah, power line sure. you know. yeah yeah <laughs> uh, like da coming down the other side was almost harder for me i think like i think um i just blew out my quads i think mm -hmm. coming down hope mm -hmm. and then just that long stretch of downhill that was really runnable and yeah it just it was like it's like crazy burning pain in my quads going up and then going down it was like almost unbearable <laughs> but then you make it you make it to May Queen, which is the last eight before the finish. Mm -hmm. Did you know yeah. by then you pretty much had it in the bag or were you still were you competing? Being chased? Were, were you being, being chased? chased down? Like, did you know where you were in the field there at May Queen? Yeah, that was like where I found out kind of where I was. But going up power line, going down the other side, it was like, oh my gosh, they're going to catch me. Like I'm like moving so slow. <laughs> and uh, one of my crew or my head crew, member she's a huge inspiration to me and she's been in the sport for a long time and she's just been a mentor to me and but anyway she was like waiting for me on the Hagerman road to like kind of cheer me on there and she's from Russia and has like this really thick Russian accent and she didn't have a headlamp on or anything and we turned the corner and I was like already kind of starting to get, like sleepy we're like running down the road and I just hear her voice in the dark it was like Annie you have to run and I was like <laughs> <laughs> are you sure she was, she was like really right there? there yeah are you sure she was there are you yeah, sure she was right there? or were you hallucinating <laughs> for a second i was like is she there and then she turned to headlamp on she was like oh. right there but <laughs> it was so funny but i bet um, it worked but yeah yeah it worked <laughs> and then i got down to may queen and I found out the next female was 30 minutes behind me mm. and she'd been 20 minutes behind me at the outward bound aid station. I blew up on power line, but I guess I didn't blow up as much as they did. Yeah, everyone <laughs> um, blows up on power but, line. But, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like 30 minutes, like there's 13 miles left. Like there's still a possibility they could catch me. I just became like really focused on like trying to run the entire way back. By the time I finished, I, finished a whole hour ahead of the next female. Um, so. <laughs> and when you crossed the finish line, you became the youngest ever to win Leadville. Female. female. Yeah. How did that feel like? Did you know that was going to be iconic? That you broke some records? <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I didn't realize that until after the race. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really special. <laughs> Especially like living in Leadville now and definitely feel like part of the community. So it was kind of, it was cool to represent the locals and, and Anton, yeah, it was, it was really 
Anton Kupichko was also 23 when he won Leadville. So that's a bit of a milestone. (laughs) Did you, you, (laughs) did you see him at any point in the race? Coming, coming back down hope maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was coming down, he's coming up and then it was kind of funny. Like in the beginning of the race, I was actually like ahead of him for a little bit going around turquoise, like, and so he passed me like, you know, early in the race, like going around turquoise. And I was like, Whoa, Anton. <laughs> that's when you and knew then, you're going yeah, too fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're ahead of Anton. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was very short lived. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So do you think you'll go, you'll go back to Leadville next year to defend your title? Um, I, I think I deferred to 2023, so I think I'll go back in 2023, but, um, I want to see if I can get into UTMB this or next year. So yeah, that's kind of my hope for August. (laughs) Well, I have to say that you beat me by only seven hours (laughs) in my time. So in the world of ultra, that's this close. Seven hours. <laughs> <This> close. <laughs> oh gosh. So you and I were neck and neck. Those three hours is actually like if you relate it to like five, running a 5k, it would be like like a couple minutes. You know? There you go. There you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now we're moving on to the next big adventure, which was Mohab 240. Was, were you looking at Leadville as sort of a training run for Moab or was Leadville your A game and you just thought, well, I'm, I'm trained up to hundred mile. Let's see if I can extend that a little further. What was your thought process there? Yeah, I would say like Leadville and Moab were my two like A races of the whole season. Yeah. Those are my two like big focuses, but at the same time I was like, I thought the placement of Leadville was really nice with mm-hmm. Moab because I was giving it like my all, but it was also like a good training run for Moab. Uh, I had a, a week off after Leadville and then just eased back into it really slowly that next week and then jumped into like normal training for a few weeks and then a down week and then I had Moab. So I felt like I got like a good effort, long effort in and then good recovery and a few good weeks and was ready to go for Moab. So who put Mo- the Moab 240 into your brain there, the idea of running it? <laughs> well, the, in 2020, I did an FKT route of, of the Collegiate Loop, which is, so have you heard of the Colorado Trail? Yeah. Um, so it's part of the Colorado Trail. Um, and basically, it splits at uh, Twin Lakes. And right. so you can go on the east or west side of the Collegiate Peak Range. It forms a loop. And so since Leadville was canceled, I was like, oh, it'd be kind of cool to like test out a new distance and go for this FKT. And it took me 61 hours <laughs> to do the 160 miles. And so I kind of figured, I was like, okay, well, Moab is less climbing than this route. And I think it would take me, like, it'll take me more time because it's more mileage, but I figured I would run Moab in like the 60 hour range, <laughs> somewhere between 60 and 70 hours. So I figured like if I could do the collegiate loop, I could do Moab and Moab is like my dream race. Like ever since I heard of Courtney DeWalter doing it, I was like, I want to <laughs> do that someday. <laughs> yeah. I guess after doing the collegiate loop, it kind of made 
that seemed possible. So that's why I signed up for it. <laughs> Did you pick Courtney's brain on how to attack Moab? Yeah, she was super helpful. She even offered, she was like, um, I'll sit down with you and work on your pace chart. And Good. yeah, she was just so kind. Yeah, she was a huge help when I was preparing for that. So what were your nerves like on race morning at Moab? What did that feel like? Because <laughs> obviously people might, there might've been a few people who recognize you now as the winner of Leadville. So did you feel a bit more pressure or were you just taking it all in? Like I'm here, I can't believe I'm on the start line kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely one of those things where I just like couldn't believe I was there because I've been <laughs> dreaming about it for a long time. And then I also didn't think I would do it as soon as I did. So it was mm -hmm. just like, wow, I'm here already. Like, <laughs> this is so cool. It's an amazing opportunity. Yeah, it was just, it's a new distance. So I, I wanted to be competitive, but I also like, like the goal is just to finish, like no matter what, like even if it took the full five days, like I was going to get to the finish line. Yeah. I, don't, I also didn't really process like how far I was about to run <laughs> at the start line <laughs> it wasn't until I got like 70 miles in I was like dang like this is a long ways like I'm gonna be out here for a while <laughs> yeah I, I guess it was it was a similar feeling to Leadville um I just felt like really calm and like ready to go and was just excited to start and get going <laughs> but yeah I also like couldn't believe I was finally there <laughs> Did you practice in terms of sleep deprivation? Like it's one thing to say, oh, I'm going to sleep every 24 hours for 10 minutes, but to put that into practice is a whole other thing because you just don't know when you're going to feel the urge. If it's two o'clock in the afternoon or two o'clock in the morning, like how did you even wrap your head around what the strategy was since you hadn't really done that before? Or did you do it during yeah, your college so days? <laughs> during your college parties <laughs> no I was actually <laughs> no I was pretty good in my college days I didn't like party or anything <laughs> our, coach was like... <laughs> our coach was like really honest about going to bed at like nine o'clock he would like text us and like are you all like getting ready to go to bed <laughs> yeah oh, <wow>. crazy <laughs> Yeah, I guess I just used the pacing, my friends and their races. So I paced through the night and I also uh, just kind of used like efforts like Leadville as practice, like going through the night. Um, but multiple nights is a whole nother thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I guess I was just kind of drawing on my experience from the collegiate loop because I was up for two nights for that. And actually the first night I was just exhausted, like couldn't keep my eyes open mm -hmm. in the collegiate loop. The second night didn't sleep at all and like felt great. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, well, that was probably just a fluky thing. Like it's probably much more common to be tired in the second night versus the first night. So I kind of planned Moab where I, I was gonna, I didn't have caffeine for the whole month before the race. Mm. And so I planned to like have some coffee the second morning. Yeah. So 24 hours in, I uh, ended up just being, it was the same thing as collegiate loop, like just exhausted that first night. And my plan was just to take like little, like two or three minute naps. And hopefully that would like give me enough of a booster <laughs> to Jeez. go for the night. I was trying like those two, three minute naps and it would work for maybe like 10 or 20 minutes. And then I'd start to like <laughs> nod off again. Yeah. I was like, this isn't working. And my boyfriend was pacing me through that first night. He's like, okay, well, let's just try like a 10 minute nap. And so I um, slept for 10 minutes on the side of the trail 
and it's like raining <laughs> and he's standing over me trying to block the rain it was really cold when I woke up and and that worked for a little bit longer maybe 30 minutes and then it was like <laughs> my eyes open again and it was just so frustrating and we got to the aid station at mile I think it was like the mile um like 80 aid station I slept there for 30 minutes uh, they had little cots at the aid stations where you could sleep it actually worked out really well because while I was sleeping, there was like this torrential downpour. Oh. And if we'd been out in that, like if I had gotten through the aid station more quickly and like we were like, that would have been really brutal through the night when it's cold and stuff like that. So it kind of worked out that I was sleeping through that. I was also having all these weird dreams and I like woke up in a fluster because I dreamed that the next woman like came in and laughed while I was sleeping there. <laughs> and I just like woke up I was like, is she coming yet? Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, no one's coming. Like, you're fine. <laughs> and yeah, so we, and then I had some coffee at that aid station in like the middle of the night. So a bit earlier than I'd planned on and felt great after that, like, that lasted maybe like an hour and a half or two hours. And then I like started nodding off again. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I just need to get, get to the daylight. Like if the sun just needs to come up and then I'll be fine. And we got to the third mile aid station, like right at dawn pretty much. And I slept there for another 20 minutes and then got through the whole next section in daylight without needing to sleep at all. But I was getting really sleepy going up to the 120 mile aid station, mm-hmm. which is halfway. And um, I was talking to my boyfriend, Noah, I was like, okay, I think when I get there, I need to like drink some coffee or like take a little cat nap, <laughs> maybe like 10 minutes. And we were just talking about all the things I needed to like do there. And I got there and found out that the next woman was only two miles behind me, <laughs> which is nothing in a 240 mile race. Like it's so easy to make up. So it's basically like she was right there. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I went from like, I'm going to sit down, drink my coffee and take a nap to like, I need to get out of here like this second. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden I just felt awake and my legs just felt great. And I had this nice 18 mile downhill section. Mm. And by the time I got to the next aid station at mile like 140 or so, um, I put eight miles on the next female. Wow. So she stopped. And she clearly stopped and napped. Yeah. 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 She stopped for an hour and a half. Um, I looked at the like graph <laughs> after the race because you can see like how long people stopped oh. at the aid stations and then, like, how close their line gets to you. And like her line was so close to me at that aid station. And wow. then it like opened up again when she like took the nap. So, and then the next section was a, a marathon and it was pretty flat. And I was like, I'm just going to try to like hammer this because I knew there's like a lot of climbing in LaSalle Mountains. And so I was like, I'm just going to try to make up as much time as I can here. And it was like all through the night and I felt awake somehow. So I was like, I'm just going to ride the high. <laughs> and <laughs> I ran that marathon, like including my aid stops in five hours, wow. like five hours flat, which is really good for being yeah. three miles. In. <laughs> and then I got to the 167 mile aid and I was over 20 miles ahead of the next female. So that wow. whole sec- those three sections is where I really like won the race because and then I was just kind of maintaining my gap after that. And it was, it's just so weird to think, but my thought literally when I got to the 140 mile aid station was like, oh, I only have a hundred miles left. Like I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so crazy when you race that long. It's like hundred miles really doesn't seem that long. <laughs> but I guess mentally 
obviously you've run a hundred miles. So now you can go, okay, I know what this feels like. It's almost like you're, you're <laughs> after yeah. hundred. It almost looks like you're starting over again. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. You have yeah. to do that to get yourself through it mentally, or else you're gonna crash and burn for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I just like break it up into like aid stations, basically. Like, okay, just get to the next aid station, and and then time just goes by pretty fast when you just break it up into those smaller goals. So there's never a point of this. There was never a point of this race where you thought that this just wasn't going to happen. You knew this was going to happen. You're going to finish this thing. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. There was never a doubt where I thought I wouldn't finish it. But I remember telling my boyfriend Noah, and he was pacing me. I was like, "Man, like I'm going to finish this no matter what." But like, if I'm this sleepy the entire time, like it's just going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> So. You ever ask yourself, why am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I did. I like pretty early on in the race, like, like around the 70 mile mark when I like realized how long this race really was, I was like, dang, like, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> like, cause I, like, I told myself before the race, like I'm finishing it no matter what. So I was like, there's no, like the only way out is through, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> That's um, right. so I just felt like. And I'm like, I'm trapped in here. Like I, I'm going to finish it. Like it's just going to be a really long time. <laughs> so I'm done. But <laughs> Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find all that at gotterunracing.com. Have you checked out our virtual series yet? We run the North. Celebrating Canada's national parks features a total of 13 10-kilometer challenges, one for each province and territory. How many national parks can you name? Well, there's Algonquin, and then there's Banff, and then that's it? Anyways, medals that connect, license plate style bibs, and cool swag can be yours. Visit GottaRunRacing.com for more details. Now, back to the show. Did you have any issues yeah. with your stomach and eating or was that pretty solid? Cause it sounds like fueling really wasn't a factor unless you just had a momentary pro- problem with it. It wasn't too bad. Actually, like my biggest problem with the food was, well, I think this, in my next like 200 plus miler, I'm going to try to like brush my teeth more. Cause <laughs> it just wasn't something I was like thinking about <laughs> when I got like, um, 140 plus miles into the race. I started getting like these really big, like white finger sores all over my tongue and my tongue like, oh. went completely numb. And then it was like extremely painful to eat anything sweet. Mm. And so I think it's just from all the acid and sugar in my gels after like a, a couple of days. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, and so, yeah, so that was like the biggest problem I really had with food, but my stomach was the entire time which was wow. awesome but yeah I was like kind of talking like this <laughs> for like the whole second half of the race okay my tongue was just completely numb <laughs> did someone suggest to you that brushing your teeth would have helped just to clear your mouth so that the the acid wouldn't build up interesting not before the race um but one of my pacers was like just try like swishing some water in your mouth and then I'd put a toothbrush and toothpaste in my like first aid kit so it was with my crew. I like had it, but I just, I guess I just forgot to like use it <laughs> during, I was just thinking about like getting out of there and like kind of forgot some of those things. But yeah, I got to the aid station and like brushed my teeth and 
it definitely helped me like feel more fresh, but like the sort the canker sores didn't go away until like a couple of days after I finished. Yeah. <laughs> it's like putting on a pair of fresh socks and say a hundred mile race. <laughs> Brushing your teeth yeah. comes into play when you're talking 200 or more, right? Well, I, I've seen people yeah. do it. I just didn't understand why you're doing oh. it, but it makes sense now. So thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't write, yeah, I would recommend brushing your teeth because it's definitely not fun. <laughs> what was the feeling like approaching the finish line? Who were, who was with you? Were you still, did you still have a pacer at that point? Yeah, I had a pacer. It's actually one of my good friends from high school. I don't see him all that often, but we, yeah, kind of bond through like ultra running because he's an ultra runner too and we did our first 100 miler together and he paced me at the collegiate loop and yeah just a great friend and so it's fun to have him there for that last section the last section is on uh porcupine rim trail which is a really technical trail in moab it's a really like it's a famous mountain biking trail and so uh and we were going through that in the dark and i had been up for three nights so i'm like hallucinating <laughs> that section was really slow for me I think it would have been it would have been faster if I was if it was in the light but yeah it was so weird like you know there's all the crazy rock formations mm. in Moab in the desert and I'm just like <laughs> I kept thinking my pacer because I had him running ahead of me to like find the route so all I had to do was like follow him yeah and I kept thinking he was like running into these like weird buildings I was like where is he going <laughs> 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 and then there was one point too towards the end where there we were running on slick rock and some puddles had formed there's like some dips in the slick, slick rock there was a section of exposed slick rock and then the puddles on either side and my pacer I was following him he just ran on the section of exposed slick rock with nothing and I like stopped and got all freaked out I was like oh my gosh like how did you do that like <laughs> I was like you could just so easily fall into the <laughs> <laughs> but like but to me like my perspective was all weird and so I thought the puddles like I thought it was like a little like bridge like a really narrow like rock bridge and I thought the puddles were like way down to like five Aww. feet deep <laughs> and I was like you could just fall in there and then I like hit it with my trekking pole and I just saw the like splash and I was like oh it's just a puddle <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> That so is weird. yeah, like towards the end, I and then I got passed by like five or um by three guys. So I was in fourth place, and then I moved down to like seventh overall. And I was like, oh, I just like I'm ready to be done with this thing. Like <laughs> I can't go any faster. I'm like hallucinating. And like, and then um the last three miles of the race are on this bike path that's like net downhill, like mm. quite downhill. I turned to my pacer. I was like how long do you think it'll take us to finish? Like we only have three miles left. He's like, Oh, probably like an hour. I was like, really an hour. I was like, that's so long. <laughs> <laughs> he said, well, I'm not like the pace that you're moving. I was like, I think I can finish in under an hour. And he's like, okay, well, you're gonna have to pick up the pace a lot. I started running like seven thirty to eight minute pace. Wow. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I ran the last three miles in like 26 minutes. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> yeah. You always yeah, sprint to the finish line. You always sprint to the yeah. finish line. <laughs> 26 minutes I'm just like, at the end of <laughs> I was just ready to be done. I was like, I need to get this over with. I'm like so ready to go to sleep and like <laughs> I've been out here for days and nights. <laughs> 
And then I think it's also just like a different muscle group, like when you're running that pace versus like that really slow pace that I was running. So it like felt good to change it up, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah. And then also like, yeah, I was like finishing the race and it was like really special and <laughs> yeah, it was an exciting feeling. <laughs> Did you pass anyone in that last 5k? No, I thought I might because a guy passed me not long before we got to the bike path. So I thought I might mm. be able to catch him. So that's another reason I was kind of pushing, but yeah, I didn't end up catching him, yeah, but that's sprinting. okay. He was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad like he was such an awesome friend. I like ran with him for a long stretch on that first day. So kind of made friends <laughs> with oh. him. So it's kind of cool to like see him finish strong. <laughs> When you, when you finally crossed the finish line, were you sad that the adventure is over? Part of you was sad? Or, yeah, or even yeah, the week after, sad. right? The week after, did you have a little yeah, bit of a A little depression? bit of a depression going on <laughs> the week after, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, that does kind of happen for like longer races, I feel like. Especially since I didn't have really anything, like my season is over after the yeah, 240. So it's kind of like oh I'm done for like the season and it's also kind of hard like to not run for a month after <laughs> I took like the whole month I was running a little bit but it wasn't like training so it's kind of weird to go from like this huge run like this extreme like high to like not running at all and like not really having anything to look forward to so <laughs> that's, that's why that's when you it's very dangerous you get right on the computer and you look at the next race so what would yeah be exactly <laughs> <laughs> what is now coming up? Yeah. I signed up for Cocodona. <laughs> we knew that. We were just yeah. waiting for you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so Cocodona, now you have to uh, stress yourself with the heat and not the altitude. Mm -hmm. I guess there's altitude. There's altitude, but nothing but not, like Leadville. Not like yeah. that. So how are we going to train yeah. for the heat? <laughs> well, it's going to be pretty hard training in Leadville all winter <laughs> train for heat <laughs> so yeah I'm gonna have to figure that out <laughs> maybe some like sauna training or stuff like that yeah I'll definitely have to figure out some strategies for Cocodona I want to go down to Arizona in the spring and I have this goal where I want to run for 24 hours on my 24th birthday <laughs> so I think I would do it in the Grand Canyon and get some heat training there <laughs> Nice. before Cocodona. So that sounds like a plan. And then yeah. as far as UTMB, what do you, what, how are you looking to, to qualify for that one? Yeah. So you have, they have like this point system where certain races are a certain number of points. And so for UTMB, you have to have 10 points to enter the lottery and I have 20 points. So I definitely have enough points to <laughs> enter the lottery. And then I'm hoping, cause I'm sponsored by Hoka and they just, partnered with UTMB this year so they're presenting the race and so they haven't decided exactly like how the athlete spots will work but I'm hoping like with my points and then through Hoka I can maybe they have a spot or I could get in so yeah when do you plan we'll on <laughs> if I don't get in I'll just like try to find something else <laughs> what what year do you plan to hope to do UTMB this year next year oh you yeah. want to go next yeah. year okay yeah, hey yeah, why not yeah, yeah. same year as Cocodona yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Coconut, it's, in, it's in early May and then UTMBs in like, late August. So I feel like hopefully that'll be enough time <laughs> to like recover and get some good vert training in <laughs> before UTMB. 
Well, we, we did chat with someone who did finish Coca Donut, Noel Kingston, on our podcast. You should pick his brain. He can tell you everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. like a great podcast. adventure for yeah, sure. It's a, just an awesome adventure. Yeah. If the time limit was longer, it would definitely be something I would be interested in tackling, but <laughs> I'm not fast. So I need more time. <laughs> now I'm sure. Oh, I think like. Hundreds. I think that's what makes them really fun. Is like it's, it's not about speed. Like it, like you can make it into more of like a glorified through hike. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I think yeah. The people. It just amazes me. The people take like the whole five days. Like they've been out there for so long, and like, <laughs> but I can't imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm sure Western's on your radar. Do you have any uh, plans to do that in the? next couple of years, perhaps? Yeah, I'm hoping 2023, because uh, I want to do Javelina 100 next year, um, which is in late October. Mm-hmm. And that's a Hoka race. And then it's also a golden ticket race for Western. So I think Western and Leadville would be a doable double. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my plan for 2023 is Western and Leadville, but I obviously I have to qualify for Western and all that. So Havelina has to go well, but hopefully <laughs> if all goes well, like that's my plan. <laughs> awesome. Well, Havelina, you definitely need some heat training. Take it from us. We've both done. We both did it. <laughs> I did the hundred K Norm's done the hundred mile, but it's, it's a fun race. And of course it's very runnable. So you might have to stay off yeah. your mountains for a little while and do some some lots of road training to get used to that <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure I think yeah it might be kind of hard after UTMB to like okay now I have to switch over to like heat training and fast running <laughs> yeah but um I also probably know it would prepare me really well for western which is hot and fast so <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly well this has been awesome yes thank you so much for joining us we really uh enjoyed oh, yeah, getting to you know so you and thanks for getting up so early for us. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we like to end our podcast with uh, rapid fire questions. So if you don't mind indulging us, we're just going to ask you a few fun things. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's get going here. Now, this might be going back a while because of COVID, but what's the last concert you went to? Oh, um, I think it was the Jungle Giants. <laughs> and it's actually right before COVID. Oh, okay. So, Jungle Giants. Yeah, they're an Australian band. <laughs> All right, cool. We'll have to look them up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have any tattoos? I don't. No. no. <laughs> I can't think of anything I would really want. So, and it sounds painful. And I, I don't know. I don't think I could be committed to like having one thing for the More rest of my life. More painful than so. running 240 miles. Yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to fly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your worst habit Ooh, I think there's two things I really want to work on and one is like I just am bad about drinking water okay <laughs> I like so I think I have is like yeah not drinking much water and then I kind of have a bad habit of like going to bed a little later <laughs> and yeah I want to be better about that <laughs> so were you lying to that coach of yours yeah yeah, yeah I'm in bed yeah. from the bar <laughs> You're calling him from the bar. <laughs> I was actually, I was good about going to bed then. 
but yeah, now I'm, um, my roommate is kind of a night owl and I feel like we just end up like drinking tea and chatting until like midnight. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite running song? Oh, um, or group to listen to. Oh, like while I'm running. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, I really like grass animals. I feel really old right now because I don't know any of the, the music. Funny is, the funny thing is, I'm not in my head saying, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Favorite so Christmas movie? Uh, oh, I'm between the Christmas story and Elf. <laughs> I know those. <laughs> All right. Last question. Pick a superpower. Oh, um, never like never having to sleep <laughs> unless I wanted to. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome to never feel tired. I can get so much done. <laughs> You're right. It would really help me with my races. <laughs> we sleep. We sleep a third of our life away. That's so right. That's yeah, right. that's a good one, and we haven't heard that one no, before. <laughs> I don't know if that there is a superhero like that, but. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Annie. This has really been fun. And congratulations again on your amazing accomplishments this year. And we can't wait to see what's in store for you. And we'll be following you next year for sure. So good luck. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I was wondering, how do you feel about all the press now coming to you and all the everyone wanting to know who you are? <laughs> it's been fun, but yeah, I'm like, kind of adjusting to it. I like people... Well, like know who I am at races when I go <laughs> and it's just like kind of weird for me <laughs> but, but it's really nice everyone's been like super supportive and encouraging so yeah well thank you so much and good luck with your training this oh, winter yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> and we'll oh thank you. you I really appreciate it and hopefully we'll, we'll have you on again once you've done uh Cocodona or UTMB or <laughs> okay yeah, I would love that. Thank you so much. Okay, take care. <laughs> right. Thanks, you too. Bye. Bye. There you go, Annie Hughes. What a sweetheart. Jeez. <laughs> I wonder where she gets this mindset from. Yeah. Where'd this come from? Such a strong-willed person. It's incredible at such a young age. She and... made me feel so old. <laughs> oh, my God. Between the, the music and the recovery times. What, what recovery times? <laughs> yeah, the basically no recovery times but hey man hey when you're young when go, you go do it. it you live once i do love it. her spirit i love her yeah. tenacity i love the fact that she's so driven so go yeah. for it girl there you go <laughs> sky's I, the limit i hey i obviously i can't wait to see what she does at Cocodona because it's going to be a completely different race than what she's used to but uh hey the adventure's there the adventure's there so good for her Awesome. Love it. If you have any recommendations of who we should chat with, we'd love to hear from you. There's so many awesome runners out there that uh, yeah. let's hear it from you guys. Send us an email at gotterunracing at gmail.com or drop us a DM on Instagram. And if you want to see a condensed version of this podcast, check out our YouTube channel, Gotta Run Racing, or via our website. There you go. All right. Cheers. Ooh, that was quite the marathon. Thanks for listening to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Please visit us at gotterunracing.com for more information on our events or simply drop us an email. 
at gotterunracing at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel to stream the video version of this episode. Oh, and if you like my voice, check me out at tylerherchuk.ca. T-Y-L-E-R-H-Y-R-C-H-U-K. Gotta run!